How many duck stacks? There must be 35 of them now. Checks and balances. I'm a nautical cashier, and I only accept payment in anchors. To stay healthy, you should drink 8 gallons of duck stack every day. Today's art is by Siegfried Zadamak. Friends, human and otherwise, I welcome you to the Duck Stack, a newsletter about science. If you feel inclined to experiment on today's newsletter, the best time to prepare would have been yesterday, but the second best time is now. Go on, put on gloves and goggles. Today's letter must be handled with care. I will wait. I lied, I did not wait. Enjoy! Section. I have a dream. If I tell it to you, perhaps you will have this dream as well. I dreamed there was a tall mountain with many climbers, carrying millstones upon their backs. Fireflies buzzed about, and a few started following one man. A hiker observed this and remarked to his partner, those will be the death of him some day. The fireflies bonked onto the millstone, and as time wore on, they would occasionally bonk into it again. Each time one bonked it, the firefly would eat a tiny chunk, microscopic but delicious all the same. With each bonk, the fireflies would grow stronger. Eventually, its bonks were noticeable, but by that time the traveler's millstone was severely corroded, and the traveler didn't have enough weight to counterbalance against the collisions. He lost his balance and went tumbling down the mountain, presumably to his death, if the first hiker was to be believed. Now, this dream is highly symbolic, so there's a lot of messages you can take from it. Burdens, journeys, and loss are all very archetypical themes, with a lot of possibilities. Here's just a few suggested readings. 1. Protect your burdens. 2. Fireflies is hungry. 3. Rocks are edible. 4. Eat your burdens. 5. People who hike without bug spray get what's coming to them. 6. Fireflies are like bears. Don't feed them. 7. Train to be a karate kid chopstick fly-catching grandmaster before it's too late. Section. History. Too much of history is abridged. There are no bridges in today's history section. Mama, I like you, but you're squishing me. Walking into room. I'm not stinky. Fact check. False. I never taught him the word for syrup, so it's pancake sauce now. He's still a picky eater, and we're a little worried about his appetite, but it turns out he can eat an infinite amount of french fries, so I guess he's fine. I found out today through experience that my wife has made a whole bunch of baby food and packed it into jars indistinguishable to the masculine eye from the jars she canned the jalapenos in. Section. Fighters. Improper practice merely embeds error. I saw a meme this week, something to the effect of, just wait until you piss off the people who just want to be left alone. And I thought, personally, I would rather not. You see, I think by the time the grill folks are getting it involved, things will be really bad. And I think fighting is going to be very difficult for people who have been training themselves to be deeply conflict-avoidant their whole lives. I don't think they're going to suddenly snap and reveal insane verbal or otherwise kung fu skills. I think the people who will be good at fighting when the time comes, they're needed, will be the ones who have been doing it all along. And there will probably be a, quite a lot of them who are quite vile and unrespectable because the person who fights with little reason is the type of person that enjoys it. In other words, the principled peace lovers will not save your kids from rainbow jihad when it comes, and when it reaches them, they will be confused and hurt, not powerful. What I've usually seen is that the man of peace finally snaps, he lashes out blindly, because they have no combat experience, they have no sense of discipline or judgment. In an argument, they'll yell, insult, thrash, and at the end, they'll have failed to induce any meaningful change, and also made their viewpoint look out of control. 
Because of their inexperience, they can't tell when their message has gotten across. They're terrible at picking battles, they can't tell what doses are effective, they can't protect themselves, and they can't prevent collateral damage. Joseph Smith taught correcting the times with sharpness, but showing afterward an increase in love, among other principles for resolving conflict. But how can you correct well if you have always avoided doing so on the little things? One person once told me that God had only ever told them to be maximally nice to everyone, using the most shallow definition of nice here, and I replied, well, why would God ever tell you otherwise? You'd be really bad at it. They told me they never thought of that before and found it insightful. The parable of buried talents comes to mind here. This doesn't mean we should not strive for peace in Zion. The Book of Mormon makes clear that fighting is indeed justifiable before God, but that doesn't remove our duty for peace. When to stand firm to bloodshed, rhetorical and otherwise, and when to give your enemies an extra coat for their journey is a huge work of discernment that'll take a lifetime of practice to really get down, I think. What I see often is that rather than practicing that line, many will just assume all appeasement is Christ-like, all disagreeableness is contention, driving out the spirit and stuff, and then they get into situations where even just a tiny bit of, not even contention, just maybe 10% assertiveness would massively increase their quality of life, and they trip up and can't do it, leaving themselves frustrated and angry. I don't believe God wants this for us, but it is not a problem that can be solved with logic, it must be solved with temperament. Section. Chessoscopes. You've got to start thinking ahead to beat these chessoscopes. This is ranked, by the way. If you lose this section, it'll affect your elo. Good luck. King. You can only move one square in any direction, and probably a lot less than that, due to the constraints imposed upon yourself by your position as king, and your loyalty to your family, who are all being very weird. Don't trample any of them. Move slightly sideways, maybe, but probably. Just stay in place. Do not leapfrog the rook at this time. Queen. With your endless possibilities, you are liable to get yourself in real trouble. I'm talking real hot water, especially if you move nine squares to the right. That's right, this chess match is being played over a literal pot of boiling water. Ask yourself, can you trust yourself not to move nine spaces to the right? If you can't, you should consider being captured for your own good. It won't make your team happy, but I really believe in my heart they would prefer you captured rather than melted. Bishop. Everybody needs your blessings, but you can't get to everyone because you are blinded by racism. You have to take at least four critical race theory classes to realize that those guys you can't reach don't matter, and in fact, they're kind of in the way. Those in your reach are the most deserving of your blessings anyway. Other Bishop. Everyone needs your blessings, but you can't get to everyone because you are blinded by racism. You have to take at least four critical race theory courses to realize that you can't curse everyone. You have to pick and choose, and those in your reach are the ones most deserving of cursings anyway. Knight. Who taught you to ride a horse? Rook. You pretty much only have two options, so I don't know why you're thinking so hard about this. Just make big moves and stay out of trouble. Pawn. You have no agency, and it is doubtful you are even experiencing qualia. Your life is governed by blind luck, horoscopes, chessoscopes, invisible hands. Pray your lord is a righteous one, and perhaps one day your agency will grow. Player, I have a clinical diagnosis for you. You're a psychopath. The end of the duck stack. Thank you for listening.